Hey everybody, thank you so much for checking out today's episode of Coming Up In My Sneakers. Today we have Gwenlyn Cummin, uh, who is a filmmaker and she's best known for her series called uh, The Barbell. Welcome! Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone who listens to this podcast knows I just like to jump right into the story Get and in uh, tell me where you were born and raised. Uh, so I'm from Ottawa, Ontario. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Is it? Yes. <laughs> I love when people are like not from Toronto because you're like, ooh. Yeah. I think everyone in Toronto thinks that everyone's from here. Or like, oh. not that we think that, but like yeah. when someone's not from here, I'm like, oh, cool. Tell oh, me cool. about it. The exotic city of Ottawa. <laughs> Ottawa. <laughs> uh-huh. I feel like everyone is, like no one is from Toronto. You know? uh, no, I know you're absolutely right. You, you actually are. Like, like when nobody. I meet someone like born and raised in Toronto, I'm like, wow, weird. I, I know. What so, was that like? So I'm the weird person. You're in the this weird situation. one. Yeah, it's so true. But because I was, I know a lot of people that also were. Yeah. So like that's why you know. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so okay, born and raised in Ottawa. So uh, mm-hmm. like your entire life, pretty much, or um, basically till I was when I was 17, I graduated high school and did this program. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was called. Katimovic, uh, and it was this volunteer program where you travel around the country and volunteer oh. for nonprofits for about a year. What is um, it? Was Katimovic just the name of it? That or? was just the name of oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it like maybe stood for something else. It actually, um, what's it, it totally means, it, it it means something in a language that I don't remember. <laughs> it means something <laughs> like in a language that isn't in place. Maybe, oh, cool. Or something. I'm not sure. But it was started by Pierre Trudeau. Okay. And then Harper shut it down. But um, <laughs> our our dear old Justin, he has a tattoo of the logo. Oh now. wow! Mm-hmm. Okay, so it might be something. I, yeah, I don't know. He's been in power for a bit now, and he hasn't like brought it back. So yeah, that's I don't know interesting. Happen. I would like to know that story. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, through that program, uh, moved around to spent three months in Welland, Ontario. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> almost as glamorous as Ottawa. Not quite. <laughs> uh, and then we went to Carrickett, New Brunswick, which is a very small town, about five thousand people. Um, I feel like most, this could be very ignorant, but I feel like most towns in New Brunswick are that size. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Except for know. like the, the Fred- main Fredericton one. Fredericton and Moncton is, yeah. are like pretty, like large. I actually have no idea how big they are. <laughs> More than 5,000 people. Though. Yeah, I'm sure. Maybe probably like 10. No, I'm kidding. I'm yeah. Um, and, then, uh, and then we went to Port Alberni, BC, which is um, oh, okay, cool. on Vancouver Island. And what were you doing? Okay, so sorry, hold on. I want to first mm-hmm. know some other things, but I do want to get back to that and like ask you what you're doing. Yeah. But um, oh, so, so growing up in Ottawa, Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, did you have like any other siblings? Are you an only child? Yes, I have a younger sister. Okay. Her name is Anna. She also lives in Toronto now. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, and like growing up, were you like, gr- like was it obvious you were going to be a filmmaker? Were you always kind of like attracted to the camera or did it take um, you a while to figure that out? I was definitely always interested in artistic things and... This is a cute, funny story. There were so there were three girls who moved in across the street from the house that my sister and I grew up in, and we all love the Harry Potter series. And who um, doesn't? Who doesn't? Right? You're weird if you don't. <laughs> uh, but when the first movie came out, we were like, "This is bullshit!" <laughs> like. Who made this piece of garbage? We could do better. <laughs> wow. Because did you find it didn't match the book very yeah, well? Like, I, that was like the, a lot of the feedback that I heard. I didn't read the book. Yeah. And like now I understand that like 
you can't just make a a word for word adaptation of something but at the time it was like Appalling. what are they doing they ruined it yeah um so so we picked up a camcorder and just started making our own version amazing of um, harry potter of harry potter and we did we didn't do all of them but like up like through high school are you serious we, so you stuck with yeah because mm-hmm. it was a nice way of getting there were five girls and quite a big age range between all of us um, and so it was a nice, like, thing we could still all do together. Nice. But you don't necessarily have that much else in common. Right. Um, Who was playing Harry Potter? <laughs> my younger sister played Harry Potter. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> a variety of characters. Oh, interesting. Um, perhaps best known for, I was Snape. Okay. <laughs> and Gilderoy Lockhart from the second Okay. Book, you remember okay. that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. And did you have, like, full costumes and everything? Uh, if As by costumes you mean, like, bathrobes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is honestly so – I'm so impressed by that. And what, like, gear were you using? Was it just, like, a, a home – A camcorder. But, like, yeah, That's so it. I'm picturing, mm-hmm. like, a JVC – like, I don't know, like, this is, I'm assuming, like, the early 2000s, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm picturing, like, the JVC, like, eye thingy that, like, comes up or, like, uh, maybe there was That pretty a f- fancy. Okay, I okay. <laughs> I don't remember exactly. I don't, I it's don't know. It's just, like, an old school. Was yeah. It, was it on, like, VHS tape? Like, the yeah, miniature? Yeah, the little ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. go into, like, another, oh, my yeah. God. And then the, um, the girl across the street who I was closest with, her name is Jasmine, uh, and she actually went into film, too. She works uh, in wardrobe design. Um, but, uh, she was the one, she manned the camera, woman okay. to the camera, person to the camera. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then also like edit it all together. What? And how did you guys even know how to edit at I that have, age? I have no idea how she did it on VHS On too. VHS. Or maybe she converted it to, cause we now have like DVDs of it, but yes. I don't know. I don't know how she how did it. Did, wow. I have no idea. Shout out to Jasmine. Shout out to Jasmine. Good I will say you. those movies are so boring to watch now <laughs> but they were so cool at the time i feel like every like mm-hmm. kid are i'm assuming you're like t- 30 mid- oh you're th- oh, okay but are yeah. you 89 yeah okay i'm 90 so i'm turning ah, 30 this year um okay so perfect so we literally grew up in the i, I yeah. was actually in the grade of 89 i did some skippy thing oh, and so like i was like i did a skippy thing you did so i'm actually m- maybe more of an 88er okay I, I don't like to brag i don't like to brag. <laughs> that's so funny i don't i haven't met a lot of people that have done that do, do you don't. know what you did what did I do? Um, I skipped grade uh, six, and um, why did it? I was just really unhappy in grade five. Okay. Um, and uh, like bored, and I had no friends, and it was very oh, no. uncool. Um, and then my mom was in the principal's office one day. Uh, I think for my sister, and the principal came out and asked how I was doing. And she said, "Oh, you know." Gwen's fine, but she'd prefer to just skip right to grade seven. And then the principal said, oh, well, maybe we can make that happen. Wow. Yeah. And so they had me do a test, and I passed, and I spent – I just basically dropped out of grade five, spent the rest of the year um, homeschooled by my neighbor, and then and then in the fall went into grade seven and so grade six. What? Okay, that's mm-hmm. crazy because that's a, a a very like unique age to do that. I know it's like, a bit older. I think, yeah, than, like I yeah. I think I skipped like senior kindergarten or something, so I yeah. never knew anything different, and I was mm-hmm. just always in that grade. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like that's interesting and very and kind of more rare. I think like I know kids were still skipping grades in our mm-hmm. generation, but 
um, like that late. It was yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. And so was it like a big ch- shock to you or like how did you, or were you happier? Um, I was de- like, I was only happier in that it meant that I was that much closer to not being in school anymore. Right. Right, right, right. <laughs> but it was, I, I don't know what it was like in Toronto, but definitely in our school in Ottawa, um, you know, like you're basically in school with the same kids. Yeah. Not, it depends if you switch schools or not, but if you're in a big enough school, from kindergarten to grade eight, you're with the same kids, and we had a lot of split classes. So I think until grade five was maybe the first year that I wasn't in like a a grade split class right. anyway. So by the time I hopped into grade seven, there were already I'd already you know been in grade four with the same kids. Right, right, right. So. Yeah, that's like a very uncommon thing now too. I don't even think they have splits anymore. No, but no, I, I I don't think so. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't have kids that mm-hmm. are in school or younger siblings. Um, but I've heard that they don't do that anymore either because that's how I grew up too. Like we were always yeah. in split classes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, so interesting. Can I ask? Like, do you know why you were like unhappy at that age, or do it was it just like you were young? Um, why exactly was I unhappy? Like I, we didn't have very much money growing up, so. Um, like this is kind of an easy thing to pinpoint. It may have been other things as well, but like, uh, all my clothes were always secondhand and now that's cool or whatever, but in grade five, it's not cool. Um, and I'll never forget this girl named Lana coming up to me in recess one day and being like, listen, Gwen, all the boys think you're really cute, but you wear weird clothes. Um. <laughs> what a bitch. What a bitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that was like, uh, it's funny because I, I don't know if I had any big desire to try and fit in more. I kind of just wanted to to s- skip by and like not go unnoticed kind of thing. Right. Um, and I definitely didn't want to be, I didn't want to be singled out. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. like the goal at that age is to yeah. not be different. And then later it becomes like your main objective. Yeah. <laughs> to like be unique. Mm-hmm. So um, I just wanted to blend in. And right. unfortunately, I don't know, I just didn't really, I guess. So interesting. I hated it. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry mm-hmm. to hear about that. Yeah. Um, it's interesting too because I feel like asking people when they're older, like, you think sometimes you think it's one thing when you're a kid but then when you grow up you're like oh it was definitely probably this because you mm-hmm. are like more aware you know what I mean I mean it sounds like you obviously knew what was uh, bothering you but mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting to just like like I know for my own um uh experiences like mm-hmm. you know feeling certain ways and then you're like oh I don't know what this is and then finally you like you know get a little bit older and then you're like oh that's why that was happening to me it was a direct thing of this or like it yeah. was a direct you know what I mean you just mm-hmm. know more anyway Hindsight, 2020. Exactly, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so that's really cool. So you graduated, or sorry, you um, skipped. Mm-hmm. And then were you, uh, like, going into high school, were you, like, excited or just still, like, when's the school shit going to be over with? <laughs> no, high school changed everything okay, in a good. really great way. Oh, good, good. Um, I, I don't know what kind of person I would be right now if I hadn't gone to the high school that I went to and it was an arts high school I was gonna ask if it was or not yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah and it just like for the first time there were people that I wanted to be friends with and I felt like I I did fit in in a in a nice way nice where like yeah you don't have to you don't be scared of someone noticing you but also like you can stand out in a nice way yeah Um, mm -hmm. everyone was unique and that was great that's Mm -hmm. awesome 
I feel like it almost should be reversed. Like I, I think like because I feel like regular public school is very sports driven, mm-hmm. and then like maybe if there's time, like you can take an art class if there's a teacher available. Like, do you know what I mean? But I yeah. feel like it almost should be arts based, and then if you're really good at sports, then go to sports school. Yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just think it's easier. Not easier. I shouldn't really say that, but I don't know. I think, I think arts are very crossovery like you could be into film you could be into painting fashion mm-hmm. like it's so, so ambiguous whereas like like a lot of people that play sports you know you try some and then you're like oh this is the one I like and then you know yeah you know mm-hmm. and then it's like much easier to enroll somebody in a school like I don't know I, like I'm just this is just a thought that I've no, I hear you. I get it. I don't know if like like having not grown up with the with the brain of someone who's incredibly athletic or anything, I don't know how sad I would be if I was like super sporty and had to go to <laughs> I know, right? So then it's like the other way. I know. Yeah. It's true. Mm-hmm. Or maybe equal but, half and half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My dad is actually uh he's a novelist. Um oh, wow. but he's a huge jock. Uh and probably one of the only people I've ever met like that who are yeah, very artistic, but he's very dedicated to his weekly basketball games and the hockey games. And mm-hmm. nice, would we know any of his novels? Ah, uh, you might. Um, Burrage Unbound was nominated for the Giller Award. Wow! Um, in I want to say 2002. I'm not sure if that's accurate. Um, and uh, yes, he's my. Um, my favorite series of his is uh, the Owen Sky series. It's for young adults. Um, and I just love the story behind it. When my sister and I were kids, maybe uh, maybe about like six or seven, maybe a little older, eight. But um, they, my parents didn't really have enough money to buy us Christmas presents. So my mom told my dad, you know, why don't you just write the girls a short story? Oh. Uh, and so he wrote us each a short story kind of based on him, his, loosely based on his experiences uh, growing up and getting into trouble with his brothers. Um, and uh, and my sister and I loved the story so much, so it kind of started a tradition, and he wrote a lot of them and then tried to put them together into uh, kind of a book of short stories um, and no publishers wanted anything to do with it and it took about 10 years wow. before and a lot of revamps to like tie the narratives together so they weren't um, kind of you so know episodic random. solo yeah. stories yeah um, and now I think it's one of his most popular series wow yeah. that is unbelievable mm-hmm. and so sweet I yeah. would love to get a story as well like I mean mm. at that age you like, kids are loving books and stories but especially from your own dad that's so cool yeah that's pretty cute so I feel like and what did your mom what did your mom do um, she's also a writer uh, more of an academic writer um, but she does have a book coming out this year oh uh, it's called The Taste of Longing. Look out for it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, and But she writes a lot about women in war, uh, okay. usually specifically from a Canadian perspective. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So I have to assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like your parents in these roles had to have had maybe like an impact on you. Like, did they encourage you? Like when you were making your movies, were they encouraging of it? Did they? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I think they might've been disappointed with me if I hadn't gone into the arts. Right. And uh, I think my, my sister works in advertising and feels a bit of that. Like, (laughs) Oh, you just sold it. Not sold out, but like, yeah, yeah, kind of. I know it's uh, that hard. Mm -hmm. um, 
but it's <laughs> hopefully making her happy. So she's got to follow yeah. her path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's amazing. So, um, so, okay. Uh, you went to an arts high school and you mm-hmm. said your experience was amazing. Yeah. And it, at that point, did you sort of realize maybe that you did want to get into film? Cause I'm surprised. Like, did you ever have a moment where you're like, maybe I'll be a writer like my parents? Um, absolutely not. I really didn't like writing. Okay. Um, I, I write now, but it took uh, until I was like 26 or 27 to find that. I always had the, this kind of, I don't know, it, maybe I didn't have anything I wanted to write, yes. uh, but it always felt really forced whenever I had to in school and just gave me the feeling like, leave it to the professionals. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> they know what they're doing. I'll do what I'm good at. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, I hear you. But yeah, I just kind of found it if you can call being 26 or 27 later in life. Yeah, for, to me it is. <laughs> it's later in my life. It's yeah. later in my life too. So, I, I mean, it's mm-hmm. certainly later than like 21, 22. Exactly. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cool. So, it, um, yeah, so you started realizing like did, that you wanted to get into film in high school? Um, I knew that I uh, wanted to, well... I don't even know if I wanted to do something artistic. It, it always felt a little unrealistic. I was in the, the acting program there. Um, and acting is fun or whatever, but it just seems a little like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then in, uh, I think it was grade 12, I had a teacher, a drama teacher. After a scene study, he was giving us all marks, and he pulled me aside. He was like, all right, well, you, I gave you an A on the scene. I was like, great. It was great. And he was like, yeah, it was okay. Um, but, uh, but I think you could, I think you could actually do this. Oh, wow. Um, and that was kind of the encouragement I needed to be like, oh, oh, maybe it's not just a crazy dream. Yeah. I still feel like it's kind of a crazy <laughs> dream. <laughs> uh, but so from then I went into, after my kind of gap year, um, I went to theater school. Oh, okay. Um, and so actually like film is kind of a new thing. Uh, from a filmmaking perspective, um, ever since I graduated theater school, I uh, you know acted in in film and, and TV and so forth, um, but not until uh, Karen Knox and I made our series Barbell. Um, that's when that was the first time we stepped kind of behind the camera. Oh, so you're mm-hmm. actor first, filmmaker actor first. second, yeah. kind of, or mm-hmm. no, all together. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. And what theater schools did you go to? Uh, George Brown. Oh, here so here in, in Toronto. Toronto. In the distillery district. Nice. Mm-hmm. This beautiful place to go to school, but um, so expensive to yeah. be a student in the distillery district. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Toronto in general, mm-hmm. but especially in the distillery district, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, question for you. So is that what, I guess that's what brought you to Toronto ultimately yeah. was, was theater school. Mm-hmm. But did you, and that was like a uni, like our George Brown, so college, I mm-hmm. guess. Right? Um, did you purposely pick that to leave Ottawa or was it just the school that you wanted to go to? Uh, it was just the school I wanted to go to. Um, do you mean like, like what I have stayed in Ottawa if the right school is in Ottawa? Yeah. I guess what I'm asking mm-hmm. is like. Like some people, like some people were like, you know, I wanted to get out of my hometown, so I picked mm-hmm. a school here, and then it was also one that they liked. Or some people were just like, I want the best school, and wherever it is, I don't care. Right? Yeah. Um, I think uh, I definitely felt like it was important to live somewhere else. I bear no ill will against Ottawa, <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely not the um, 
uh, there just aren't the filmmaking artistic opportunities that there are here. Yeah. But that's what you make of them. And I think a lot of Ottawa artists might disagree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> could could mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So that's like your main thing right now then, right? Okay. So yeah. tell me about, so after you um, graduated from theater school, mm-hmm. did you think maybe you'd go back to Ottawa or you're like, no, I'm going to stay here? No, I knew I needed to, to stay here. To just just of, the opportunities are right. so much. I like there are there's quite an industry also in Vancouver, so I could have gone there, but that felt kind of too far mm-hmm. away. And and now we're out of Eastern Standard Time, which yeah. I feel like the world, well, North America at least runs on. EST. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> like we're so bad. Like because sometimes I'm, I'm like emailing with people on the West Coast or whatever, and I'm yeah. like, oh, how's this? And they're like, oh, EST, and I'm like, uh, yeah, I guess yes, I should specify. Please. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I I hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, so then what was the first thing you did out of school? Were you like going, going to go the agent route? Did you like theater more than, or, or like what was, did you like on camera theater? Like, No, I think going to theater school made me realize I didn't want to do theater. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. <laughs> you know, uh, that I wanted to be on camera, but um, I don't know, or I didn't know, I still don't really know how you would, like how you pursue a post-secondary education with film acting as a goal. And I think, you know, the most prestigious acting uh, training facilities are theater schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and although the, the technique is different, absolutely, I think it still gives you a really good baseline um, for a lot of what you need to be an actor. So besides the, it teaches you nothing about the business end of things unfortunately I've heard that a lot yeah (laughs) yeah mm -hmm. um but apart from that like I don't know unless you unless you had parents who got you into it when you were young or something like that or you just take film classes here and there um I think it just makes the most sense to to build your own skills and the um uh like connections with other people especially if you're not from the place where maybe you want to be like I had no other way of really meeting um Toronto people Mm -hmm. but going to school makes a lot of sense I could have gone to film school I maybe should have but you know the acting branches of film schools are not not at all what you would learn at theater school yeah mm -hmm. and to be honest with you um my brother who's only two years older than you Mm -hmm. um went to film school Mm -hmm. and I remember he was coming home and he was like I am teaching my teachers what ah. to do because we that like our age mm-hmm. was just that weird little sweet spot that like social media mm-hmm. hadn't even really started yet and well there was like barely Facebook but like I think now programs are starting to catch up and actually um you know become more like oh digital and but actually I don't even know because I went to broadcasting school and they had us editing on VHS in (laughs) 2012 I would and even our teacher was like listen no one does this anymore I don't know like the reason why we're teaching you this is because they haven't updated the the curriculum and I I was like are you fucking kidding me I'm paying all this money and I'm learning something that's art that my teacher already is telling me is Mm -hmm. like outdated outdated exactly and like who the fuck has a VHS like anyway I was so is my point of this is mm. it's probably a good thing that you didn't end up going because um like I don't know like I think maybe now you would learn something but mm-hmm. but in t- 2006 7 yeah. 8 which was the time that you would have mm-hmm. gone like I couldn't imagine like people weren't moving fast enough yeah from from the information that I have 
Yeah. I don't, and yeah, so I definitely just ended up going to the, the film school <laughs> of life, I guess. Yeah. Like. Well, it sounds like you made the good, the uh-huh. right decision. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I wish I had the technical skills, um, which of course, like you can teach yourself everything on YouTube mm-hmm. now. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know a lot of things about how to light a scene or what different lenses to use. Um, we're just kind of stumbling our way through that but well you've obviously figured it out to a certain degree because you've made a successful (laughs) series which I want to get to um so what did you yeah so sorry what did you do right after school like did you think like maybe I'll get an agent did you start like uh um, yeah yeah I got an agent um right away and then did the whole audition thing um took a while to join the, the there's an actors union took a while to get into the union so I, in my non-union days I spend a lot of time working on um <clears throat> I mean great indie projects uh met some wonderful people who I still work with all the time but then also I was on like you know those like discovery channel uh shitty docudramas yes <laughs> yeah a lot of those. <laughs> well, if they're paying you, like, exactly. no shame. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So, and then, you know, working in bars and things like that. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you got into the union? Yes. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Um, and then still kind of, you know, this is just a few years ago, just felt kind of like it was time to take things into my own hands mm-hmm. and... Maybe I am not not at all to say that actors are just actors and, and that's not like a an incredible and difficult pursuit, but like maybe I'm more than just an actor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hear that. And I think so. Nice. Yeah. So what made you, like how did you meet your partner and like what made you kind of say, okay, I'm going to create my own series? Um, we were working together. We had been to theater school together actually. That's oh, how we okay. met Matt. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're working at the same bar together and oh, nice. just, uh, what was the bar? It's called Squirrelies. Oh, I think, is that on Queen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely know it. Nice. Um, yeah, we were just bored and, uh, talking about things we could make up. And so we made a thing up. <laughs> so, and from scratch, you guys like wrote it all together and everything. Yep. Mm-hmm. And did you have any, like, okay, I want to know a lot about this process. Cause I think it's like the most wondered thing <laughs> by people. Mm-hmm. Um, like what is step number one, discussing the idea with your I mean, friend? yeah, I guess getting a good idea is step one, one. <laughs> yeah. Like zero. Um, <laughs> yeah. But then I think you have to, um, uh, figure out what resources you do have and use them. Like the our second step, which would be talk to a director or producer, isn't necessarily everyone else's second step. It's probably a pretty good second step, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, especially if you don't know what the fuck you're doing and you've maybe only know, you've only learned about one aspect of, of the industry. Um, yeah, just getting someone on board who knows more than you do is very important. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then what did you do after that? Like write it down? Uh, the idea? Yes. Yeah. We wrote it all out. Actually, and, sorry. And how did oh. you find your director producer? I had worked with uh, her. This is our director. We ended up doing not all of the producing. We had, um, but we did probably much more of the producing than we 
had anticipated we would do. Yeah. But director Kelly Powley, we, I had been in a different web series that she directed and we just really got along. Um, okay. And it made sense to, to bring this to her and see if she had advice and wanted to be on it. And then, you know, she knows other people who can get this and that. Uh, so she knew a producer, Gina Simone, who helped us make the first pilot, uh, just a little 10-minute episode. Um, and then the producers of the first season, Nikki Ramjaz and Meg McGregor, we had just, like, I'd worked with them at the bar. Oh, okay. Amazing. Um, in fact, our, our third business partner, uh, Michael Schramm, also worked at Squarely. That's just how I know everybody. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah. So they had, like, Nikki worked on um, a lot of movies and, like, reality TV. And Meg McGregor had just moved into the commercial world producing. So we're like, oh, these are people who maybe know what they're doing and they don't they weren't doing it certainly not narrative producing full-time or anything but maybe they'd want to get involved and luckily they did Mm -hmm. yeah nice and then you guys did did some of the funds right yeah so for the first season we begged borrowed and pleaded (laughs) mostly but we got like we wouldn't have been able to get anywhere without um, Bell Fibe had this program at the time called the Access Program, um, which offered a lot of in-kind services that we absolutely would not have been able to afford. Oh, wow. Otherwise. Um, so how did that work? Like you just, like, how, what did you trade to get their services? Um, we didn't trade. We just applied to oh, it. Oh, okay. And Karen knew the, the man who was uh, overseeing the, the program. Um, and he thought it would be a good fit. Um, and so that was very helpful. And we got a bunch of, like, crew members through that and equipment. Um, yeah, which just would have been such a headache. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, and that way, you know, those crew members are still getting paid. Mm-hmm. But we didn't have to pay them. Yeah. <laughs> and we were getting some top-notch people. Excellent. Um, yeah. And then we also did a crowdfunding campaign. Okay. I forget off the top of my head how much we raised. I think it was, I think it was between five and ten grand. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then basically everything else was the generosity of fine, fine people. And this was Barbell season one, correct? Yeah. That you created. And uh, what? Tell us about what Barbell is even about. So Barbell is about a pop duo, Alice and Veronica. Um, their band is called Barbell, um, okay. and uh, they were romantically involved, but then they break up kind of before the show starts. Oh, um, no. In episode one, they have to tell their manager, "Listen, sorry, we broke up. This is it." Oh shit! And the manager's like, "Well." Tough shit. Like, you signed a contract. You owe us an album, and um, you have to pretend you're still in love. Um, so that's the setup. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. So it mm. starts off with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's obviously trials and tribulations. Trials of- and tribulations <laughs> of making an album with an ex. 
Oh my yeah. God, mm-hmm. that would be uh, mm-hmm. very challenging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, that's awesome. And then you started it, right? Yes. And did uh, your business partner, which, I'm sorry, what's your name again? Karen Knox. Karen. She started it as well. Yep, nice. Who right. plays who? Uh, I play Alice. Okay. Um, the kind of quieter, maybe more artistic one. And uh, Karen plays Veronica, the more gregarious du- one of the duo. Nice. Mm. Excellent. Yeah. Um, and how many episodes is season one? Uh, 10 episodes. And all mm-hmm. 10 minutes long? Not, uh, kind of varies between 7 and 10 episode, uh, minutes. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, just mm-hmm. to bring back to like the creation of it, um, mm-hmm. so you got like, you kind of just like, you said you scraped it all together, you got the entire thing made on like yeah. your, your crowdfunding mm-hmm. and the in-kind services and everybody else. Um, and then did you have a distributor? Like where did you decide you were going to um, uh, put it yeah, I had uh, been in some other kind of queer um, web series that uh, were on Shaftesbury, Shaftesbury's YouTube channel called Kinda TV, uh, and Shaftesbury is the production company that makes like Murdoch Mysteries and that kind of thing. Okay. Um, so I knew that the like age demo of Barbell and. Um, I, I just knew that kind of TV's audience would really like Barbell, and so it seemed like a natural fit, and I was, you know, buddies with them anyway. Um, and so we talked to them about getting it on there. Uh, but then also through the Bell 5 Access program, um, we knew that the show also had a distributor or a broadcaster in Bell 5. Oh. Um, so they have a, a streaming service if you have bell services um is it called bell um it's go no that's i think it's just called bell five but it comes on like when you turn on bell five like that's where you get your crave and netflix it's all in there okay Mm -hmm. nice so it went on theirs and it went on kind of tv yeah cool Mm -hmm. um and then we also searched out a um or they searched us out there's a an LGBTQ plus uh, streaming service out of the states called Reverie. Oh, nice. Um, so it's also on Reverie. Oh, nice. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. And it, it, are these just apps? Like, can you just like download the Reverie app and then you can watch all the content there, or, yeah. or you just go online, mm-hmm. or like, yeah, that's awesome. That's it. I think it's actually also you can also get it on Amazon Prime. But excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and was it important to you? look? Can I ask? Are you mm-hmm. part of the LGBT community personally, or yes. was it part of the character? Okay, I wasn't sure. And mm-hmm. same with your. Uh, yeah, uh, we're both we're both bi. Okay, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I was wondering. So was that um, part of the thought process of mm-hmm. c- creating this? Did you have that in mind that you wanted to like put more of this representation into it, or did or was it just like the story just worked that way? Um, I mean, it was helpful that like Karen and I know that we work really well together, and we know we'd want to make something together. So it, in that sense, it makes sense, but also. You know, ever since I was a kid, you know, like I grew up watching the L word and um, as queer people will take, we will watch anything that has representation in it and it sometimes gets sad. Like the quality, especially back then, was just not there. Yeah. Um, And then I think I kind of lost sight or like forgot about how important that was when I was at theater school and things like that. But then honestly being in um, the web series on uh, 
on the kind of TV channel before Barbell called All for One, um, which is about, it's like a gender swapped Three Musketeers. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah. And, uh, And seeing how people on the internet reacted to that and how beloved it was, it made me think like, ugh, honestly, like there aren't enough people doing this. What's out there? while there has been improvement has not improved that much since like the year 2000 um so i i can do better nice yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. amazing so it was like part of it like okay we need to um include this representation Mm -hmm. as well as like you just wanted to make like and can i ask who came up with the idea or how did the idea come together it's a bit of a fog but it was kind of a just like a oh what what about these two kind of characters that's interesting and what if this and just kind of bouncing off each other while we were bored at work nice (laughs) nice see there are some good things come out of those jobs that's right those Mm -hmm. in-between jobs I've had a thousand of them Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like yeah you can always kind of do like your other things low-key when uh, (laughs) no one's watching Mm -hmm. um that's amazing Mm -hmm. so and then okay so and then you've had some other series made since or have you had a season two of barbell we did do a season two of barbell um which we applied for grant funding actually sorry can i just Mm -hmm. ask you the um uh how did season one um what's the word i'm looking for how is it received really well we were really heartened by it like we were certainly pretty nervous about it coming out um like the queer community can be a bit like, while we do love whatever content is out there for us, um, they, you know, we can also be pretty picky and, um, what's, what am I trying to say? Like, judgmental? Yeah. It's kind of like women with each other. Yeah. Maybe. It's like, when it's versus <laughs> everyone else, we're like, stand together. Like, you know, that yeah. meme when you're in the bathroom at like a club, girls are like best friends, but then like in real life, they're like so catty to yeah. each other. Yeah. And like, just um oh I, I can definitely find the words to try and like say what I'm what I'm trying to say like are you doing them justice Is yeah like are we are like, we accidentally going to send the wrong message about something right, that was completely okay. unintentional um yeah are we saying the wrong thing we don't even know it right mm-hmm. so you have to almost ha- you have that like extra layer of of pressure in a sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah but seemingly I won't knock on wood but (laughs) uh everyone everyone liked it Mm -hmm. so and did you guys enter in any like film festivals with it at all we did do the film festival nice which one um (laughs) now I'm trying to remember uh Starable Festival the TO Web Fest is great um and there were others that (laughs) I don't remember at the moment did you Mm -hmm. take anything home any awards um, I did. I got Best Actress. Oh, wow. This was for, was this for season two or season one? Season one. Yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations. At, uh, at the Sturable Festival in New York. Yeah. Did you, like, contact your teacher in Ottawa and say, mm-hmm. hey. <laughs> hey, I still work at a bar, <laughs> but. <laughs> but. I got Best Actress. That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. He's very supportive. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Wait, do you still have contact with him? 
occasionally. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, I was like kind of joking, but I love that, Um, that you actually do chat still. That's so cool. Yeah, he's pretty good about staying in touch. Nice. Because sometimes all it takes is like, and how you sort of mentioned is Mm -hmm. like that just one person that's like, listen, you're pretty good at this. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. and someone who's like an adult that like is in the real world and not like Mm -hmm. your peer or like your mom or something. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so sorry. And then you did uh, do a season two. And what, like, for season two, sorry, you said you got some funding, right? Yes. So we got... What was that process um, like? That was another very steep learning curve for us. Um, it's, uh, that's when we needed, we needed even, a, like, a new producer with new expertise oh, uh, to help us out because those applications are pretty intense. Yeah. And the, the creative is just one very small part of that. Um, but you need, you know, it's like a, it's a four sheet budget with, you know, return on investment tabs and things like that. And you're like, I don't know. I'm just making a no dumb idea, web series. <laughs> like, we're not going to make any money. <laughs> what do you want me to say? I know. Which um, one, which ones did you do? So we went for the Bell Fund and, uh, at the time the Ontario Media Development company omdc yes but the idm fund okay um it's still called the idm fund but now they're just ontario creates um yep and we were lucky enough to get both amazing grants which at the time we thought was just bonus and that like that's great um but looking back like we needed both yeah of them. they're both they're both <laughs> contingent on one another yeah yeah mm-hmm. so <laughs> But that we didn't know any better. But like amazing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, but then we also did a crowdfunding campaign for that as well. Oh, good. Just to top it off, and yeah, mm-hmm. excellent. And what? How? Uh, what was that one like? Like, how is it different from season one? Um, it's definitely a bigger budget, you know, uh, and things ran a bit smoother because uh, we knew what we were doing a little bit more. And we knew writing the series, you know, like what not to, um, what was going to be way, excuse me, way too difficult. Uh, things that we had tried in season right, one. Right, while, like, while you're Whoa. writing. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. very helpful. Very helpful. <laughs> uh, so we didn't have quite as many locations, uh, which I didn't realize would be such a pain in the ass. Um, mm-hmm. um, other than that, you know, like uh, we tried to, to keep the team as similar as possible um, because we all really liked each other. Mm -hmm. Post-production was different because for season one, we, through the access program, Bell took care of most of our post needs. Ooh. Um, Not the editing. Our director did the editing. Oh. But, But other things like, you know, like sound mixing and... Just things you wouldn't, when you've never made anything before, you don't know that you need. And you don't yeah. know that they, they cost thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess we did have to, you know, we had to find our own colorist and things like that. But it's funny, like, doing season two, like, once you have a bit of money, everything kind of costs more than when you have no money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it definitely feels good to... It feels so nice to pay people. Yeah. Um, and yourself a little. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We're still not, as a, at a, as producers, at a place where we've had high enough budgets to pay everyone what they're 
completely worth. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time we do get to write a check, it feels feels nice. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well-deserved. Yeah. <laughs> um, and did it go on the same platforms, season two? Um, yes, it is on the same platforms. I'm not wrong about that, am I? <laughs> no, I'm not wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then have you created anything else? Didn't you have another series that you yes. were in or that you created? What we was that We have another one? series that's coming out in the spring called Slow Pitch. Yes, um, that's what I talked to you about before. Mm-hmm, yeah. Awesome. And what's that one about? That one is about a mostly queer, mostly female um softball team it's actually called slow pitch not softball but I didn't know what that was before (laughs) wait you didn't know what slow pitch was or softball slow pitch oh I I knew what softball was okay I didn't know I didn't aren't they the same thing maybe I also don't know there's some like slight differences based on like which team is pitching like do you pitch your own team kind of oh thing. okay but so I'm al- just learning this too I also didn't know that there was a difference but there's also there's fast pitch which is still softball like I think they're all considered softball oh okay but um slow pitch is literally a slower pitch makes sense yeah <laughs> and there's no pro slow pitch leagues but there are pro fast pitch leagues hmm. um anyway there you go <laughs> thank you for that I'm very interested I did not know that there was any I thought it was just all softball um, yeah, but it's about, uh, yes, this underdog team here in Toronto. And um, I don't know if you play on any. I don't and never have, but I've seen them in parks a lot. Yeah. Those, like, beer league um, games um, where everyone's drinking. Looks like they're having a great time. Um, yeah, so it's about one of those teams. Nice. And all the drama that comes with amateur sports uh, <laughs> that you feel way too intense about and yeah have no business feeling that intense about <laughs> yeah that's hilarious and mm. so needed to like even my husband plays um like hockey but yeah uh, whatever so any um anytime I go to the rink mm-hmm. there's this big sign that says because uh, like on the weekends it's like kids playing mm-hmm. there's this huge sign that says dear parents this is not the NHL please relax don't yell at the coach like there was this whole long like rule thing i'm like this is so sad that this needs to be sad yeah it does jesus Mm -hmm. but like it's this whole long thing i'm like oh my god Mm -hmm. um but that's awesome and so you star in that as well yeah nice Mm -hmm. and did you make it with karen right i don't know why i keep forgetting (laughs) um you made it with her too that's awesome yes and uh jay stevens um was the first person who came to us with the idea um, I feel like I know her. Um, J A Y E. No. Oh, okay. Never mind. It's just J. Just J. Just J. Okay. <laughs> um, and they actually use uh, they them pronouns now. Um, but uh, but they had the idea uh, because they used to play on a or do they still play? I don't think they do uh, on a Aussie Rules team. Okay. Which is like rugby or something. Mm. Uh, anyway, they were inspired by like all of the conflict that came from that uh and for some reason thought I guess that that softball or slow pitch would be a more like Toronto accessible um and relatable probably. yeah relatable league yeah you can actually drive and see it happening versus like I don't know about rugby rules. yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. exactly mm-hmm. so but you know the same storylines can happen and all that mm-hmm. nice so they approached us about um, creating, writing, and producing it. We were like, 
Okay, let's cool. do it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So do you feel like you kind of found your niche in like what you like to do? Or is there anything that you would like to get away from in the whole process or like do more of? That's a great question. Um, I still love acting more than anything. Writing is turning out to be a lot more fun than I ever thought it would be. Mm, um, Apple does not fall far. Exactly. <laughs> um but the uh, like the producing sucks. I know I, it's the it's worst. Exhausting. Yeah, and everything is your fault. Yeah. And, <laughs> but and um, you're everyone's like yell person. Like if something's yeah. wrong, like oh just go ask the producer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll fix it. Like I don't know. Um, so I would like to say that I'd like to do less producing, but kind of also the truth is. So I would really love to be like a showrunner. And this is definitely what like Karen and I would love to do together. Um, yes, is to is to create and star in our own show. Um, and Haven't you done that though? We have, but like a TV proper. show. Okay, you know? okay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I shouldn't have said proper. Digital is also very proper, but I, just, I know I knew I get, you, you know, like everything is digital now, anyway. But exactly. but yeah, a long form, right? Like th- mm-hmm. yeah, twenty eight minutes or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, I hear mm-hmm. you. That would be ideal, and that's definitely the goal, and hopefully a next step for maybe this year. Really? See, Do you have yeah. any ideas that you've been working on? Well. <laughs> Yes. I don't know if I can talk about them. Could you give me a clue or a one detail that won't get you in trouble? Yeah, yeah. Well, we have one show that we're working on about, like, trying to open a lesbian bar in Toronto. Okay. um, Which would mostly be a comedy. Um, Anyway, but there aren't any lesbian bars. Yeah, I guess so. I guess there isn't. And it's almost, it's almost controversial. Um like there are a lot of different factors and sorry before you explain this i need Mm -hmm. to ask what constitutes a lesbian bar does that mean only lesbians go or like is it just lesbians work there i'd say like that's the controversial thing yeah what does that mean straight people do go to gay bars yeah but then so do gay people so what is it that makes a gay bar a gay bar exactly that's i've always wondered that myself i don't i don't know but in this show, we would hope to answer that, answer question, that question, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know what? That would be very interesting. And it would be, I think, um, beneficial for, like, the not like not even the mm-hmm. LGBTQ plus community, but, like, really everyone to maybe understand. Like, I don't know. I think. Yeah. And I don't know. It's, um, like, we're entering into a world that's a lot more inclusive. And even those, you know, those labels and things like that are becoming... Uh, in in parts of our lives, less and less useful. Mm-hmm. So on the one hand, like, what's the use of yes of calling something a lesbian bar anyway? Yeah. Um, shouldn't everything just be an inclusive space? Just a bar, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but there are a lot of different perspectives. <laughs> Interesting. And how many people are sort of like in the the ring of this discussion right now? Um, I don't know. Like, it's I'd say in major cities. Uh, the every every queer community is thinking about it i think it's less of a small town thing because small town is maybe where there might still be a lesbian bar mm-hmm. um but uh but from bigger cities they're kind of disappearing i mean obviously it depends on the small town mm-hmm. but um i you know i think there's only one or two in new york same with london yeah that's crazy la then- even yeah not very many in la mm-hmm 
Mm-hmm. So do you have like any timeline for this idea or is it still, is it anything on paper or is it just being like verbalized? We, we have a little bit of development money. So, Ooh. so that's, Ooh. yes. This is so exciting. Yeah. I'm and so then- you know, we would love it if Slow Pitch morphed into a, a longer show as well. What if the um, team opens up a bar? <gasps> wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to give you credit. Yes. <laughs> right in credit. No, I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. But that's so that's so funny, too, because that's kind of like where all of these ideas sparked from was like you and your uh, co-workers at a bar. At a bar. And the, yeah, like, yeah. That's so funny. And that's the thing, having like worked in in – the restaurant industry for so long um and you know I just would love to write something about it to oh my god mm-hmm. yeah like just I, I worked in it too I think yeah. like most people have and it's just crazy like the yeah. stuff and just you know oh my god it'd be it'd be so interesting and I think I, I used to say this when I worked in um restaurants I'm like whether you've worked in one or not if you're gonna dine in a restaurant you should be it should be mandatory that you watch a five minute video <laughs> of like this is what's going on that you don't understand and like it was so funny as soon as I worked there like I used to go out for dinner with my family and I'm like okay relax like they have other tables right now like they're, they're yeah. doing this like just let them be like you know what I mean oh. you have to explain and people are like oh like because Otherwise, they don't know what's happening. They just know mm-hmm. that their shit's not there or, like, whatever yeah. the case is. And it's like, hold on. Like, they have all – like, I just noticed that their their whole section is this whole area because probably someone called in today because it's, like, the long mm-hmm. weekend. You know what I mean? Anyway, that'd be yeah. really interesting. Mm-hmm. Were you were you a server? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm feeling, like, probably kind of an, a fancier place. Uh, like, so, Moxie. So, oh, I don't know if you shit. could really yes. – I would say, like, <laughs> like maybe mm-hmm. a want-to-be a want fancy place, but, like, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Not, but like mm-hmm. still – the, corporate that, fancy corporate yes yeah. great way to put it great way to put it <laughs> yeah it was interesting the uniform uh, kept on constantly changing and like I finally had to quit my my because they made us wear um uh like ultimately like black high um black uh, like stiletto heels like not while you're serving yeah we it started off as boots and all you could have uh it had to be a one inch and it could be a wedge so I had like literally rubber uh, like boots almost but oh it was like God. still so it was doable because I could run all around in them I could yeah. go into the kitchen and not like die mm-hmm. um, it, it it worked like I was like okay I can, it's not I would rather running shoes but like yeah. these basically are like they were mm-hmm. whatever right slowly but surely oh they can't be this anymore oh they can't be that anymore oh they can't be boots you can't have ankle support they have to be still and I'm like what the fuck are you guys trying to do to us like people girls that I was working with were slipping and falling in the kitchen on a daily basis getting like so injured I could barely like finally my feet my feet would uh, when I got home from like a 12 hour shift my feet would be like on fire and I went to the doctor and I'm not joking at like 22 years old she's like your bones in your feet are changing I want you to know this and I was like what the fuck like am I gonna stay at this stupid job and like change my feet and like move my bones it was like so bad um, and then, so I started like rebelling so so bad. I used mm. to just like wear whatever shoes I wanted, and I wait for like the manager to come tell me to change. And I was like, Meh. anyway, I ended yeah. up leaving. <laughs> God, I couldn't do it anymore. I mean, honestly, it should be illegal. It really should be mm. illegal. And then our uniform, like before, it could be like a, um, you know, a skirt. It could be like pleated, not mm. like you could kind of do whatever. Then it had to be like a tight, like <sighs> plain skirt. Then it had to be like this type of shirt. And I was like, you're gonna have us in a fucking bathing suit in a second. Like I can't. And like mm-hmm. carrying. And then they're like, oh, why didn't you guys best? tables why didn't you bring your shit back to the kitchen I'm like if I go in that kitchen I'm gonna die yeah. <laughs> it's so slippery yeah there's like water all over the ground and then they had like those big mats with like the oh, the holes the holes in them yeah. where your sh- heels get caught in them oh like it was God. literally like <laughs> an absolute 
so unsafe nightmare. Like, I can't believe that it was even allowed. God. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry for that rant, but. Oh, no, it's okay. Like, it's so, I, I love griping about about the server the life, industry, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's good money and stuff, but, like, yeah, there's a lot of mm-hmm. bullshit as well. And it's so different at every different place, place yeah. you know? Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. And the corporate ro- world is so oh different from the independent Indi- world. Yeah, yeah. totally. Mm-hmm. My first ever job in a restaurant was I was a line cook at Kelsey's. Stop! Yeah. Amazing! <laughs> So that was my first taste of... Oh, my God. I'm sure you have some stories from... Oh, what a journey. That's mm. hilarious. I did some stuff like that, too. I worked uh, pizza salads at Eastside Mario. So it was, like, not quite the line, but, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. kind of. It was wow. such a shit show. <laughs> such a shit show. Um, okay, cool. I want to ask you about mm-hmm. your sneakers that you are here today. Yes. Um, so this... Yeah, I was saying, like, I'm not, I'm not a huge sneaker person. Funny that we just made a show about... Um, baseball, softball, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but these are actually the shoes that I wore, that my character wore um, every day throughout the whole shoot. In Um, in slow pitch. In slow pitch, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, they're just just some cream-colored Reeboks that I got from Winners. Excellent. Um, But they also kind of remind me of uh, this pair of Reeboks I had in high school. that I took out the laces from and bought like a, like iridescent rainbow laces. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Just you know, because I'm an arts high school, I gotta <laughs> you gotta step it up. Gotta be unique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. So I guess I'm without you know, not that I would say I have brand loyalty, but maybe I'm a Reebok girl. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, and what's a piece of advice you'd give to someone walking a similar path to yours? Similar path to mine, I would say. You have more resources than you think you do. Oh, interesting. And just because you don't know the head of Paramount <laughs> doesn't mean that you don't know someone who can help you out. There you go. Excellent. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I don't think anyone's ever given that advice on this oh. podcast either. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, guys, that's it for this episode. And everyone listening, you guys can follow Gwenlyn at, um, on Instagram at Gwenlyn.Cummins. So G W E N. L-Y-N dot C-U-M-Y-N. So go give her a follow. And uh, she posts some really fun stuff uh, about her series and and little screen grabs and things like that. So that's really interesting. Um, Of course, you guys can follow the podcast at Coming Up With My Sneakers. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you like the podcast, um, if you want to give me a five-star review, that would be very, very cool. And I would very much appreciate it. Otherwise, that's it, guys. I'll talk to you next week, and don't get caught wearing dirty sneakers.